All right, everybody, we've got a great crypto roundtable for you today. Sonny and Vinny join Molly and J Cal. I'm talking about myself in the third person to break down everything going on with crypto. Of course, we're going to talk about SPF, FTX, but we're going to talk about the wider contagion and the source of all of those crazy 18, 20, 30 percent uh, interest rates you were seeing in crypto. There was one place that was causing all of this, the grayscale Bitcoin trust. And we're going to explain what that is and why that can cause this huge contagion. We're also going to do a vibe check and figure out what's going on in crypto right now as SBF, Sam Bankrun Fraud, goes on his insane, demented, I'm sorry tour while having run what is apparently the greatest fraud in the history of frauds, making Bernie Madoff say, hey, pump the brakes, kid. Then finally, Michael Saylor goes scorched earth on anything but Bitcoin, saying the obvious that Ripple's a security, but then talking about all of the other foundations that have tokens out there and saying they're obviously securities. We're going to talk about this issue and what it means for the wider crypto space and America's viability in the global market where other people don't have as tight restrictions on what you as an individual can do with your money. It is a hot episode. It's an important episode. Stick with us. This Week in Startups is brought to you by Embroker's Startup Insurance Program. Help startups secure the most important types of insurance at a lower cost and with less hassle. Save up to 20% off of traditional insurance today at Embroker.com slash twist. While you're there, get an extra 10% off using offer code twist. Super gut. The holidays are here and between the eating, drinking, and traveling, for many of us, it can be a hard time to maintain good health. The secret to surviving them? A well-balanced gut. Super gut is the easiest and tastiest way scientifically proven to boost gut health and all that comes with it from weight loss to immunity get 30 percent off their delicious shakes bars and fiber mix at supergut.com by using code twist and the microsoft for startups founders hub helps all founders build a better startup at a lower cost from day one open to anyone with an idea you'll get up to $150,000 in Azure credits, technical advisory, access to mentors and experts, free dev tools, and so much more. There is no funding requirement and it only takes minutes to join. Sign up today at aka.ms slash this week in startups. Hey Molly, how are you doing? Great. Just want to say <laughs> for the record, you were magnificent on All In. Oh, I you got to see the all-in this morning. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. Oh, you mm -hmm. caught up. Uh, bravo, people, bravo. Okay. I guess Brought we have to heat. keep this in the show then. So welcome to <laughs> Wednesday. It's the Crypto Roundtable. <laughs> Molly's starting with He's a like, oh, well, okay. compliment. <laughs> We're keeping that in this week in startups. Obviously. Doesn't well, happen a lot. I'm very stingy. Very <laughs> yes, stingy she does dole way. out the compliments once every <laughs> couple of weeks I get one. Uh, but it's, it's Wednesday. So we do our Crypto Roundtable every other Wednesday with us, of course. Vinny Lingham, Sandeep Madra, Sunny, and Vinny. How are we doing, boys? Gentlemen? Excellent. Lots to talk about. Interesting oh, times. <laughs> Lord, it's crazy times right now. Yeah, full yeah. disclosure. I had to send Sunny a note the other day that was like, hey, so, um, you know, sometimes on the Crypto Roundtable, we're kind of snotty about it. <laughs> but then I realized, like, that's your whole job. Like, should we be more sensitive? to this it's all good. or <laughs> it's all good well i think that's a good place to start let's start with that molly what is the vibe in what crypto is right 
now because with this FBF situation, I think everybody's at their wits end with the crypto community and all this hard work. There's code that's being written. There's businesses that are doing real things in the real world that I think are obviously getting massively overshadowed by this SBF fiasco. And he can't seem to shut up. We'll get to that in a minute. But Sonny, what's it like to be a crypto executive in the age of Bernie Madoff? Yeah, well, you know, 2. if you're 0. building real utility, it's great because the, you know, the exchanges were sucking all the oxygen out of the room for a very long time. And so mm. the folks that are actually building are loving it because instead of the industry being about speculation, we're seeing people actually talk about utility properly now. Mm. And, you know, not rushing to, uh, you know, launch a token and put it out there and get it on exchange and everything else. So uh, from the builder standpoint, it's a really, really good conversation right now. Vinny, what, what's it like for you? You know, you've been one of the OG crypto people since the beginning. And now this Sam bank run fraud can't seem to shut up. He, he's doing three Twitter spaces a day. Uh, it, we've discussed on our private chats and group chats. Mm. On, on all, I mean, every group chat is taken over by this. Um, yeah. What, what do you what do you think, Vinny? I mean, obviously, it'd be great if he would just shut up and go to jail, uh, go to trial, but apparently he will not. So what's what's the crypto community think about him specifically? You know, obviously, we got Sonny's take on the industry. Mm. But what about the man? The man? I mean, the, 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 this guy is I mean, he's not an idiot, right? He's not stupid. <laughs> he's you no. know he, he he might he might have gone downhill and made a couple of bad decisions, which which snowballed into absolute fraud. And corruption, and when I say when I say that is that I don't think he started off the business trying to be a fraud, fraudster. Like that wasn't the intention. He tried to build an exchange. At some point, he got over leveraged and he lost money. And then he was like, "Well, I was going to double down, double down, double down." And he kept doubling down, hoping to make it back. And the market kept sliding south, and he just couldn't make it back. And at that point, it was way too far, too late, too gone. You know. And so, what he's doing now is he's making sure that he's safe in the Bahamas. That's why he let all the Bahamian people take their money out on the same day. So he's safe there. There's no extradition treaty between the Bahamas and the US. He will not- Wait, What was that you said? He let the Bahamian people take their money yeah. out? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. On the day everything was collapsing, he authorized and he allowed Bahamian uh, people to withdraw their money from the exchange while everything was collapsing. Wow, I actually didn't hear that in all of this. Ah, so, there yeah. so there wouldn't be a yeah. revolt. Basically, yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, the people in the Bahamas Run coming to town. him, exactly. Yeah. So wow. obviously, all the politicians, everyone had money in exchange. They were able to get money out. Then his parents are both lawyers, and I think Harvard-educated lawyers or whatever. Stanford and, profs, you know, Stan Stanford profs, whatever. Like they, you know, these guys are they? They know the game. First of all, he's never setting foot in the U.S. Okay, and there's no extradition treaty with Bahamas, so I can't see him coming there to the U.S. to do anything. He's supposed Secondly, to speak to the Senate on the 13th. I will bet you money, Sonny, that he does maybe. not come. I bet you whatever you, I'll bet you a Bitcoin that you already owe me that he will not come back to, to, to the Senate for testimony. <laughs> he will not come back to the Senate. Double or nothing? Okay. The good you, news you is go the Bitcoin's you half, go so nothing? you can give him two. It's fine. Double Bitcoin's half. You, you yeah. want to go double or nothing, nothing on that? It'll be 8,000 okay. by then. Okay, cool. <laughs> we double quits on that. Okay, so it's recorded. Wait, wait. So, what is the bet? Is the bet that he <laughs> will be extradited? No, no that he will, will show up or not show will, up for. He will. You will not show up for the congressional well, no, hearing. Wait, wait. In person or on Zoom? In person for the congressional hearing. For the hearing, he will not show up in person in the United States for the hearing. And you believe, Sonny, he will show up in person. What happens if he shows up on Zoom? 
No, that doesn't count. Uh, okay, I thought you were saying he won't show up to the hearing, Vinny. No, 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 no. This is why we're rewriting, rewriting the bet. I'm a bookmaker. I just got to make sure I the, understand. He'll do the hearing over Zoom. He will not do the hearing in person. He will got not it. physically come to the bets U.S. Off, bets off, bets off. The, bets the, off, the, okay. The, the reason he moved to the Bahamas, and that was sort of raised all the red flags, was that, you know, for lots of reasons. Like, that's why he moved there, right? And, I mean, look, I'm not going to go through my personal texts with certain friends of ours, but I can show you texts at some time with friends of ours where I called this like months ago, six months ago. I was like, I don't trust this guy at all back in May. I mean, when everything was collapsing and he was coming to the rescue of the shiny white knight, I'm like, something stinks here. There's no way he made money while everyone else was losing um, in this industry. Anyway, long story short, hmm. I think that we, we, you know, what he's doing right now is he's trying to paint the picture and taint jurors potentially if he does get arrested and picked up that everyone sees him as the altruist that failed as opposed to the fraudster that you know he doesn't want to be the made off and so mm-hmm. the more he can taint jurors because the guys look at even the craig wright trial for example like these jurors have no idea what goes on in crypto like you get 10 average people onto a, a during pat and you explain to them how the like imagine trying to explain them how derivatives work. I mean, come on. Like, they, they, like this is these are like normal average Joes on the street, right? Maybe you get lucky and one person is tech savvy, but that's about it. So all he's trying to do is like everyone sees him in a positive light, and the media has been covering this up, you know, at least to some point. I think they, they're loosening up right now, but in the beginning, they were like, "This is one of our biggest donors. We, we, we you know, we got to defend him in some way." I think he's probably holding some people over a barrel with donations because mm. he hasn't actually named. All the Republicans and the Democrats that he purportedly purportedly gave money to. So at some point he's like, "Look, you know, I'm," and I don't know how he gave the money. And I will, I will actually go and posit that he probably paid off people in Bahamas and other politicians and other parts of the world as well. So he's basically got a dead man trigger (laughs) right now. The Bahamians are not going to extradite him. He's obviously probably paid people off there. And any other country in the world that he has, like he was licensed and he got licenses very quickly. And it was very clear that he was willing to donate money to politicians. Mm -hmm. Listen, I have been dealing with business insurance for three decades and switching providers, always a nightmare. It's too expensive. It takes so much time. Often, you don't even get better coverage. But now you can make switching radically simple with Embroker. Embroker is the radically simple destination for industry-tailored commercial insurance. Embroker's single application helps startups get four quotes for four lines of coverage in 15 minutes. They connect you with one of their expert brokers for unmatched service. It's unrivaled in the industry, uh, and it goes way beyond your policy. And listen, Embroker is such an amazing product that we use it here. I kid you not. We use it at launch. Why? It's just so easy. It's modern. It's affordable. And we don't want to be caught without insurance for critical functions in our company. We want to protect our team, we want to protect our assets, and we just like to conduct business correct. And you can start doing business properly with the proper insurance. So you can protect your team, your assets, your family, all that stuff by just using the promo code TWIST to get 10% off in broker.com slash TWIST. That's E-M-B-R-O-K-E-R.com slash TWIST. Chef's kiss, I give them my highest rating. We love Imbroker. Imbroker.com slash TWIST. Okay, so separate from... SBF and that specific story. Do we think that to Sonny's point, the best thing that can happen in crypto is for it to just not to just dispense with the great man theory strategy or like it become decentralized, like lots of different builders and not one giant hero of the whole thing. Also, one of the things that's been uncovered through this whole process is 
you know, most likely what the cause of all this was. And, and Vinny, Vinny's going to have a, a, a heyday in this one. Um, so this goes back to that grayscale Bitcoin trust. And what mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people are starting to zero in on is, you know, much a huge part of the speculation side of the industry, the ARB side of the industry, the yield side of the industry was driven from at the core, the grayscale Bitcoin trust. And we talked about this a little bit last time, but we have Vinny here now. And up until 2021, the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust traded at a premium to Bitcoin price. And what everyone is uncovering because of this contagion right now is that most of the bigger players in the industry were all arbing that, that, and then, you know, taking customer deposits to put, buy Bitcoin, to put more into the trust to take advantage of that ARB. And Vinny, I'll let Hold you Hold on a second. Of, I just want to understand that mechanically. Yep. Mm-hmm. Bitcoin's trading at 16,000 today. That's trading at, I don't know, 16,500 bucks. No, so you move by Bitcoin there, you get the 500K. Yeah, so the let, $500 let, me, let me outline it and then yeah. let me jump in, right? Historically, up until 2021 March, that bit, the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust traded at about a 30% premium to Bitcoin. And so what people were doing was buying Bitcoin, putting it into the trust. And then if you, if you left it in there for six months, you could get the GBTC out, which was at a 30% premium. So essentially, it was a- What is know, GBTC? Like a, that's the grayscale, bit, the, 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 the ticker. Oh, I see. Got it. Yeah. And so people would put Bitcoin in. And so let's, let's just use some round numbers. Let's say they put the Bitcoin in for 10,000, and then they could get the equivalent of 13,000 out after six months, plus whatever appreciation that's happened as well. And so- this trade has been running since 2013 up until 2021 positive. And it went, that, that went from a premium to a discount in 2021. And what everybody has really realized now is a huge part of the industry was basically making a ton of money off that trade and using that to give high yield interest accounts and you know, all kinds of things out there. And, um, and now once that stopped, and once it went negative, that's what's really led to the collapse of the industry. But that's a good thing because this trust probably shouldn't have existed. I'm going to throw it to Vinny as to why. I mean, so uh, thanks, Annie. Um, I, I've spoken about this many times in the past. I posted a link to you guys and I'm going to read up one of the comments there. So I wrote this blog post. Uh, it's called Preventing Another Bitcoin Bubble on my blog. I haven't written blogs in years, but this is 2017. And I actually, um, I'm scrolling down to point number four. And uh, anyway, so I'll, I'll just I'll skip ahead. But I wrote I don't believe that, and this is when 2017, when you know the price of Bitcoin was like five thousand bucks. Yeah, five years mm-hmm. ago. So, it's a, so price of Bitcoin was like five. It was a thousand bucks or something at the time. I don't. So I, I wrote I don't believe the market cap of Bitcoin is growing organically enough to be large enough to support three hundred million plus of immediate demand from potentially fickle and retail or corporate investors with stop loss triggers. Like this is in relation to an ETF. I said Bitcoin works when the price rises slowly. People hold and are reluctant to sell. 300 million overnight demand will create a spike, potentially encouraging more buying and some selling, and the price will keep rising until it doesn't. Then, one day, the ETF will need to offload half its holding because people get scared. Imagine what that will do the price overnight. Bitcoin will be most successful when it's held in small amounts by large numbers of people, not when they are highly centralized in one or two ETFs that have to force sell it whenever people get the jitters or have to make margin calls. You think you've seen volatility? Baby, you ain't seen nothing yet. Hmm. Okay. Well, and here so, we are. In this case, Grayscale, <laughs> you're saying, was operating like that ETF, well, that hypothetical ETF. Yeah, that they were, they were yeah, making yeah, it easy. Yeah. And it seems like it was like the fountain of youth of money, like a like well, a well, CD well, that the, never doesn't appreciate. You just go the, the, and put the, your money the, there for the, three uh, months. 
here's the ob. The ob is it wasn't an ETF, and this is on this is right. on the regulators. This is their fault. That. It wasn't an ETF, and so the the, the disparity between uh, the, the the trust and what it uh, synthetically what an ETF was was this arbitrage margin that you could play around with. Because it wasn't there, this margin was created, and then it was exploited, and then that's how the whole thing broke. Why? Why? A stupid question. Why did Grayscale offer this to attract people to put their well, that Bitcoin was the only there? Way um, for regular people to buy exactly. Bitcoin before the exactly. exchanges got big, right? It's been around since 2013, so you could buy. Yeah, but why did they off? Why did they have this premium? The, the premium is this. The, this is a, it's a regulatory arbitrage premium. It's, it's, it's like the difference between a a trust and an ETF. Is this premium or discount? Because it flips to a discount as well. I think it's also slightly different. Like the reason the premium started to disappear by 2021, there was much. It was easier for retail folks to buy Bitcoin through uh, Coinbase and everything else. All those companies were becoming public, and so before you were paying a premium to buy Bitcoin through you know your traditional. So then, people who had Bitcoin that they bought on some international exchange or had for some reason or they had mined could put it in there and get that extra bit. Yeah, so, so Jason, could just they to take it out after? Hold on, just a technical question. Here. If they, right. Could they take it out after six months and then Correct. do it all over yes. again? Yes. Yes. Right. Oh, rinse like and repeat. Buying a short-term CD, yes. Yes. reaping the Whoa. the interest earnings, and then yes. selling it, and then locking your money back up. So when so this starts to answer that question that Jason asked over and over, which is like, if you're offering eighteen percent yield, which felt burnt, you know, made offish. Yeah. Where who is paying that it, yield? And so it. what you're saying this is, is where that it was coming from. This is where it was coming yes. from. Oh, there you go. Yep. The bodies are coming out of Lake Mead. It's all starting to come together. Okay, so. Two, two things but, that but, they but, may, but, that yeah. you, hold on, okay. just two, two things for the audience that may not have caught it. Um, the Craig Wright case, Vinny, you mentioned before uh, that people didn't understand crypto. That was the guy who claimed he was Satoshi, right? And yep. people were upset that he did that and they sued him or something. Yes. And then. Dead man, uh, dead man switch, just so people know that term of art is you think you're going to be assassinated. You've got, I don't know, a book of secrets. You have it automatically email it to folks unless you every, I don't know, 10 days press a button on a website. So these dead man switches exist in the world. Uh, the dead man switch originally came from um, trains, by the way. If you are running the New York City subway, you have to put your weight on the uh, accelerator. And then if you died and fell to the ground from a heart attack, the thing would pop back up uh, the throttle and therefore the dead, it would stop the train knowing that the conductor was dead. So, I just so, hate when a term comes out and I know half the audience doesn't know it. Okay. Sorry, sorry if everybody that. knows it. <laughs> no, no, but I, so, only so, from, so, I only know from the gray man books. So. Well, what's e- what's even more... Fetish. What's even more interesting now is he happened to hire the other person with a known dead man switch. Uh, uh, other person with a known dead switch. Hold on, I can guess that. Attorney. Hold on, no, no. It's got to be uh, Snowden or no, 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 uh, Assange. No, no, no. Ghislaine no. <laughs> Maxwell is still alive. Oh, dead man switch. Yeah, she got a yeah. dead man switch. So, so, so she's got a dead yeah. man for sure. And, and his lawyer, her lawyer, is now Sam's lawyer. So he's oh, got the dead man switch attorney. <laughs> exactly. Wow. I did see that wow. headline go by Drudge Report. I love going to Drudge Report because Drudge reads like whatever the story is. And he's like, here's the here's the portion of the story that you'll talk about at a cocktail party. And it was, you know, Sam Beckman fried uh, Yeah. So, so, so think about it. Like, 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 we, we, it's, it's almost like 
unbelievable that that you know what, what's his name died and you know, killed himself. What's his name? Um, um, Epstein. Yeah, Epstein. It was like a suicide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The cameras yeah, were off. Um, there was a lot of security. Gone, gone. Exactly. We all know how, what happened there. Were on break. Yeah, the yeah cameras were breaking. Exactly. But Ghislaine is all alive and well. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> who who that, kept that, the records? God, this is going to be a good movie. That, this back, is going to be a great to, movie. Back to the topic. But back Forward to the topic. topic. Yes. Back to, okay, so, so back to Grayscale because on the emergency so, pod that you came on, you said Grayscale is like the thing you're watching. Yeah. And, and so let me just finish the arc of the story. So there's this, okay. in this premium. In March of last year, the premium flips and it becomes a discount. And right now, GBTC trades at a 40% discount to the price of Bitcoin. Mm. And what's the Why? real issue? Um, because there is uh, the, the premium. Was, it's liquidity. Exactly. The premium was there because it was sort of the only place, one of the easier places to buy Bitcoin. I can get Bitcoin wherever you want. And so it's a supply demand thing. Mm. And now what's happened is um, many of those businesses that were put, you know, so what, what was happening? Let's try to paint the whole picture and we won't name names, but let's just say you're a crypto bank, right? Or you're one of these exchanges. You're taking people's deposits and you're saying, Hey, come here. I'll give you these high interests. This is what, you know, Molly, you were saying, Jake, I was saying, where is it coming from? Well, mm-hmm. what they were then doing is taking that money, going and buying Bitcoin, putting it in the trust, getting it out six months later, getting the 30% and this rinse and repeat again, then taking more money in. It was, everything was working. What ended up happening as that premium flipped, that game stopped, but now people are underwater and they're becoming more and more underwater. And that's the issue. And that's what started to kind of break everything. Ah. And that's the real kind of tie in that everyone's, that, you know, going back to the initial point, now everyone's kind of digging in and realizing this, this thing was at the core of a lot of the, you know, the high yield accounts that we saw everywhere. And this mm. is what people were leveraging to put more money into. And this is what led to the blow up of 3AC, Voyager, and a bunch of other folks. And even these uh, FTX folks are involved in this as well. Okay. Interesting. So to recap that, just so I understand, uh, Grayscale launches a financial device where people can put their Bitcoin in or they can buy Bitcoin, either of those things. So if you're right. a miner, you put a Bitcoin in. And if you want to buy Bitcoin, you can buy Bitcoin. In your example, it was $10,000. If you buy Bitcoin, it's 13000 because we make it easy for you. We custodian it. That's your, basically your VIG as a consumer. You, buy you have through to, your Morgan Stanley and all that stuff. Perfect. Yeah. And, and this has like uh, the patina of something that's very trustworthy. On the other side of the business, they're saying, hey, if you want to make a little bit of money, put your Bitcoin here. Uh, oh, no, no. They said, hey, if you give us a Bitcoin, we're going to give you 13K, or it's going to have 13K in value when you contribute it. So I contribute it, and now I get 13, the extra $3,000. Now, I am an exchange. People are buying a million dollars in Bitcoin a day. Six months later, I get $300,000 for having put that Bitcoin that they bought, that I bought from some other exchange or from mining it into the grayscale. So everybody has the grayscale. Uh, incentive get your bitcoin over to grayscale to or get even that 30 percent not putting bitcoin and it's 30 percent twice a year yeah and even if they're not putting their bitcoin in you can offer them a high yield interest account for their cash and you right. can basically take their cash buy the bitcoin yourself put it oh, in wow. and then give them the interest as well right so I, i'm just somebody with a million dollars in customer arbitrage yeah. literally propped up businesses across the entire ecosystem and once it went away is when everybody found themselves in a ponzi scheme right it's like it always starts out fine i think even madoff started as real investments it's when for example the crutch the the tree of life in this case grayscale goes away 
and then you can't meet the obligations anymore and you have to start cheating to keep up. So, well, you, so you've borrowed money to put it in there and now you can't get it out with a 30% premium, let alone even now it's 40% down and you have a real right. problem. And now your depositors show up and say, hey, I'm really scared of this crypto thing. Give me my money. You're like, uh, it's sort of You're locked like, up mm-hmm. in grayscale because I converted it to Bitcoin and put it in there and it's 40% down. <laughs> Would you like half of your money? All right, listen, I gained back a couple of pounds. I'm being honest about it. I got a little crazy over Thanksgiving and now... I'm cleaning things up. And you know how I'm cleaning it up? With Super Gut. That's my bestie Dave Freeberg's company. And it's a breakthrough in nutrition. It's helped me lose weight. It's helped me feel great. It's increased my energy. And they have, uh, you know, just amazing. A fiber mix. They have bars and they have powders. You make yourself a nice smoothie in the morning. Or if you're on the go, you're in an airport. Instead of making these bad decisions, I ran out of bars. You know why I ran out of bars? Everybody in my family loves the bars. So now I'm buying twice as many. My favorite flavor right now, the chocolate brownie bar. And when I have that super gut, whether I have a simple shake or I have the bar, it curbs my cravings. That's my big problem. I'll get to be honest. I'm a gavon, as we would say in Brooklyn. I just love to eat. But if I curb my cravings with a nice super gut, you know what happens? I boost my energy. I feel better about myself and I start losing weight. And I got to tell you, when I lost the weight and I dropped the 30 pounds, That's when my performance across the board in my life went up. They are running their best deal of the year right now. I kid you not, if you use the code TWIST, twist, as in this week in startups, you will get 30% off. So visit supergut.com, supergut.com, and just use the promo code twist, save 30%. It's awesome. Buy extra, have it on hand. How do you set yourself up for success? You have a plan. Make Supergut part of the plan. I'm going to go back to my, like, I, I, look, I think Graystale is probably fine. Um, I mean, the, the, you know, on balance, it's, it's regulated. I don't think that there's funds missing in Graystale necessarily. I think it's actually all the Bitcoins there. They use Coinbase custody. Uh, Coinbase is sitting with billions of dollars in Bitcoin. I think it's all there. What I'm really, really concerned about is Genesis. And I'll tell you why. Genesis was the largest lender of Solana. Okay, mm. over the past couple of years. Sam Bankman Fried, we know for a fact, is sitting on north of, uh, well, it's, I think the, the last uh, number was 37 million locked Solana. Now, that was acquired a year ago. And that it was acquired a year ago, 37, it would have been probably closer to 50 million because of um, obviously the unlocks have happened. At 200 bucks a coin a year ago, that was $10 billion worth of Solana. Or something wow. like that. Some okay. So so oh uh, no, sorry, five billion. Five billion it was like five. Uh, some it was like billions, right? Mm-hmm. That obviously that collateral dropped in value. Now I do not think for one second. I do not believe that the guys at Alameda held that position long unhedged. I don't believe it for a second. I believe, and 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 this is why I'm 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 like I'm hopping on this point is that Genesis has not told us what is in their their billion dollar loss or whatever it is what assets are there they haven't told they're not saying we owe uh 10 million sol to our lender to you know we owe x number of bitcoin it's just a round dollar number but they were a lender of crypto not just dollars so mm. that number can't be fixed in dollars it has to be floating because you could borrow sol from from genesis so people could have borrowed Sol from Genesis. So Alameda hypothetically could have borrowed 10 million Sol from Genesis, dumped it on the market, 
you know, and and effectively taken profits and hedged themselves out of a position. And now they owe 10 million Solana to Genesis. And but Genesis a, owes a, a 10 million. Of the price. Well, right. yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So you're saying two things are happening. One, the Grayscale was the tree of life that propped up all of these businesses and allowed them to offer these various premiums and Gen- yields. Genesis. And that, oh, great, great, no, no, great, no, I'm coming back to that. Right. So Grayscale. But it's and what you're saying is it sounds like Grayscale is probably solvent in the sense that it has all the Bitcoin it said it had. It's just that now it's at a 40% premium instead of yep. a 30% yep. or a 40% discount instead of premium. But on the other hand, you have Genesis, which and there was news that came out today, actually, that said that Genesis owes the Winklevoss Twins crypto exchange, Gemini, $900 million. Yep. Um, and you're saying that on the other hand, there is also Genesis that plays a huge role here and that doesn't have the money. It's not going to be able to make people whole. Well, we don't know. Uh, This is all speculation. Everything I'm saying right now is speculation. Okay, so Because there's no transparency and there's no regulation because Gary Gensler, SEC, everybody else said, you know what? You're not playing by the rules. We're not going to give you the rule book. The rule book's over there. So if you want to read the rule back, feel free. Well, G- Gary yes. sort of messed up, and I'll, I'll drop an article in our <laughs> chat, but Gary messed up because he had a chance to approve um, a, a Bitcoin spot ETF. Then there would have been yeah. none of this ARB, and it would have been yes. just tracking one-to-one, and he mm. didn't. And so that that's also, you know, the discount is there now because Which of that. either you could blame him mm. for, or you could say, listen, there's so much shenanigans going on over here. Probably a smart move that he didn't touch it. I just want to also point out that this would... Um, Grayscale was doing was even more extraordinary than the 30% number. Because that could be claimed in six months. If you do just a simple, you know, two flips of 30%, you go from 10 to 13 to 69. That means on a yearly basis, it's 69%. If my math is correct. Yeah, 69%. There's a great article that I just dropped in that Bloomberg had earlier this week. It's called the credit bubble in crypto that shows exactly that. That's what people Mm -hmm. but People were taking off a billion dollars in profit. It was really, really crazy. I knew this was uh, wow. a problem when I saw people in the, uh, some friends of ours who play poker, who are professional poker players. Like they play poker for a living, Molly. And they were talking about staking and how they were making means? free. Well, <laughs> yes, but I'm, I'm, but you're putting a fine point say, on like, it. Pros, like they like I play are in tournaments. gamblers. Yep. I These got are you. Like, not just like your your friends really good at gambling like this is their job for a decade or two or three they've been mm-hmm. doing it as their chosen profession so they know an angle when they see it they they know a one percent angle so if they can play blackjack roulette whatever with a one or two percent advantage they will plow a million dollars into it to, just to make whatever yeah. it winds up being you know 10 20k uh in expected extra expected value i guess or whatever depending on how many turns they're going to do this so here they told me they've stopped playing poker. They stopped doing sports betting because they were staking and they were doing all the stuff. They saw this and they were like, oh, well, that's obviously a scam. So I'm just going to exploit the scam as fast (laughs) as possible. And then one of them, who's incredibly high profile and does a lot of different podcasts, I won't say who, um, was just like, yeah, I got out like a a year ago. He's like, yeah, the easy money's gone. I'm out. I'm on my yacht. Literally, I see the guy on a yacht. And I'm like, okay, there you go. The industry suspended disbelief in the face of absurd returns. Whenever you see a predictable return that is absurd, and absurd is compare it to the existing devices. 
venture returning 20% IRR, you know, muni bonds returning four, five or 6%, whatever bonds, you know, treasuries, stock 7%. Whenever you see something that's just an outlier, it's a scam. It's basically a scam. I'm going to come up with a rule, but whenever anything is double well, or triple I, the existing stock, it's probably you, a scam. Because it wasn't a scam, right? It was, there was a, a, a desire for Bitcoin and for a very long time, there was a premium you'd pay through Grayscale to buy Bitcoin. What people didn't realize is that premium disappeared as exchanges and everywhere else made it easier to buy Bitcoin. Like, so I don't, th that wasn't a scam. That was a premium that was being paid for making it easier for, re you know, more regular. But isn't the, aren't the exchanges taking the customer deposits and, you know, doing the arbitrage where it starts to get into scammy territory? But why Coinbase, is Coinbase, Coinbase, Coinbase is not. No, but they're Co telling Coinbase their customers, isn't. they're saying, hey, we have a high interest account pays 18%. Right. Mm -hmm. That's better than what, you know, uh, Bank of America or anyone else offers you. And they basically, you know, they're telling you that they're doing that as well. Now, if they're doing it without, there's another topic we want to get to on SBF and FTX, which doesn't add up right now. But with respect to all the folks that were offering the high interest accounts, they were telling their customers that they were redeposit, they were using those deposits. To it's called reapothecation. Reapothecation. Yeah. yeah. When I hear a word that I've never heard before, combined with an interest rate that i've never seen before <laughs> that's when i'm like you know what you're using a word i don't understand you can't explain the process to me molly and the number is four times what you know another instrument is offering me sorry i, yeah. I think like, that people always want to believe mm -hmm. right and it's very what we're hearing from sbf now on his tour is i wanted to believe mm -hmm. but you will also have one if you look if you set up a tree of life that spits out money all day every day and you can just put you know money in and get more money out Somebody is going to build a scam on top of that. Those things can all be true at the same time. But also, like, of course, it's real for the time that it's real, right? Yeah. Real until it isn't. With, with SPF, it's slightly different. Maybe a good transition here. And if you guys okay. have more questions, we can stick on it. The thing that's not adding up with SPF is he, he keeps saying a, a couple of things very consistently. He keeps saying, well, the depo customer deposits were going into Alameda because we didn't have bank accounts at FTX. You guys have probably all heard this. Yes. He says it almost at every every time he gets to talk. What doesn't mm -hmm. make sense for me is, okay, if I'm sending money to FTX, I'm sending it there to buy some crypto, whether it's Bitcoin, Ethereum, you know, Solana, take your pick of whatever it is. And what doesn't make sense to me is if I send it there, then I log into my FTX account and say, let's say I, I send 100K and I go, okay, you know, I go in there and, I, and Bitcoin's 20,000, I buy five Bitcoins. It's those five Bitcoins should still be somewhere. What I'm really struggling with is, was mm -hmm. everyone on FTX and Vinny, I want your take, just playing fantasy crypto? Because it would be really hard to use people's money that was, you know, crypto that they were buying through the exchange, right? And that's where things aren't adding up for me and we're not getting a lot of clarity. Okay, I'm here with Allison Rose from Microsoft for Startups. So Allison, what is the most valuable resource for founders in the early stage of their startups that Microsoft is offering? So let's face it, financing is one of the biggest, if not the biggest roadblocks that startups face today. Through Founders Hub, we're alleviating some of the financial stress of starting a company by providing tons of free resources for founders. So we provide founders of any stage with up to $150,000 in Azure credits, which wow. is huge because that can yeah, be thanks. used to do anything from building your prototyping to a lot of our founders are using that for conducting experimental development without eating into your runway. So it's there's so many things that you can do with those credits. But beyond that, we also provide founders with free access to crucial tools and software like 
GitHub Enterprise, as well as a suite of Microsoft software like Office, Teams, Power BI, and so much more. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, those things alone are like a line item or two in any startup's budget. And you could redeploy that with an extra sales executive, designer, developer, just by recapturing those credits. The Microsoft for Startups Founders Hub has no fundraising requirements. It's open to anybody. You don't have to go to some elite program to get those credits. It only takes five minutes to apply and startups can get up to six figures of benefits right away. Sign up for the Microsoft for Startups Founders Hub today at aka.ms slash this week in startups aka.ms slash this week in startups thanks allison thank you i've always been a big fan of decentralized exchanges because i just don't trust exchange operators and jason you're right like i mean someone posted a comment here which i think is really really uh, important kpac ruddy there's always counterparty risk with high yield accounts it's a hundred percent true okay right. so the moment you have to trust a third party um, you know, that's, that is counterparty risk. I mean, touch wood right now. I, I have not had, I haven't lost any funds in crypto ever, um, on exchanges because I just, I don't, don't leave money on exchanges. So I, like, I, I, you know, I dodged the Luna bullets, I dodged FTX, Mt. Gox, all these places. Like none of them touch, because I just don't leave funds. And I tell people this, do not leave funds. Exchanges are meant for, to be a transaction point. You go there, you wire your money, you buy your crypto, you take it off. And you don't leave it with them. Use Coinbase Custody, use Anchorage, use one of the, the custodians out there. There's no reason for you to go Even and MetaMask. leave any money. Even in your MetaMask, yeah. self-custody. Yeah, yeah. use yeah. ledgers, MetaMasks, figure out how you want to store your crypto. But the whole point of crypto is that it's self-custody. That's the whole mm. point. But I, I want to go back to this other point early on where you said that the price of Solana has dropped. The price of Solana has dropped. And that is a good thing for in, in theory, if you're, if you're owed Solana, it's a bad thing if the person can't pay you back. So now if the, let's say, for example, the price and, and the price was, so this is what potentially happened. Um, they borrowed some Solana from Genesis. They gave FTT, uh, at some point, look at April, by the way, where it all came crashing down. I mean, it's like, so, th th you know, they borrowed, they borrowed some, uh, uh, FTT, they borrowed some Solana, they gave FTT, the FTT is worth nothing now, a buck fifty. Now, Genesis still owes the people it borrowed the, it took the Solana from. Let's say I had Solana deposit with, 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 um, with Genesis. And by the way, like, I had some Solana with Genesis at some point, and they were lending it out. Um, I, there's a, a company I'm part of that, you know, we, we had a distribution of Solana and we were just basically earning interest. And it was okay. It was like Genesis. It wasn't a huge amount. We withdrew that when all the stuff started looking shaky. But we weren't, we weren't the only ones they were borrowing, taking the salt from and then lending out to other people. We're lucky we got our money out before the whole thing you know, collapsed. And now it's obviously locked up. But here's the point. If they go and raise a billion dollars to plug this hole, they have to get, you know, if Sunny lent them, uh, I don't know, 100,000 Solana and they owe, they owe Sunny 100,000 Solana, they don't owe him. 15,000 bucks or whatever it is, 1.5 1, 1. million, whatever it's worth today, they owe him 100,000 Solana. So now they can go to Sunny and they can say, Sunny, your Solana is only worth 15 bucks right now, 14 bucks. We're going to pay you out 1.4 million. And he might accept that. So Sunny may go, okay, I'll just take the cash value. However, there's a tax consequence of that because then he's effectively sold it at that price. And I, so Sunny's going to say, you know what, guys? I actually don't want to sell these prices. I don't want to pay the long-term capital gains tax on this. Give me my soul back. So now they're going to scratch their heads and go, shit, we've got to go out into the market and go buy the soul back that we owe Sunny. So now for Sunny, they're going to go buy 100,000 soul at spot to give him the 100,000 soul back. 
what does it do? It pushes the price of Solana from 14 bucks to 15 bucks, let's say. Now, the next person, same thing happens. The next person, same thing happens. Ah. All, all of a sudden, mm-hmm. they cannot go and buy all the Solana. There. So, so they're almost raising, like a short squeeze. Yeah. It's right. a short squeeze. Them raising a billion dollars is, you know, to fill the hole is immaterial. Mm. If the people on the other end, they owe the, they owe the coins to don't want cash in kind. They right. want the actual tokens. Because there's, this there's is, an infinity, de- there's a black hole on the other side. Exactly. And so here's yeah. the play, here's the player. The play is that they potentially the short squeeze, but it, the, the reason they haven't leaked and haven't shown, nobody has seen what the liabilities of Genesis are, except this cash amount they're trying to raise. Is because if it gets out that it's Solana or whatever coin, that coin is going to run. Some. Yes, yeah. because buy they have some, to buy knowing back. they have to cover, which is exactly what the Wall Street bets people did when people were shorting AMC and GameStop. Exactly. They were like, hey, exactly. "Let's buy a bunch and make it go up, so that and we'll be the apes and apes help." Apes. Exactly. But here's the other problem. Okay, at some point that price moves up so much that they have to go into liquidation. Because if the price goes, so, so any, li- any lender, cover. if any lender comes to them and says, we're going to give you a yeah. billion and a half for example, and this thing doubles in price, now it's three billion yeah. you need to cover. So there's so, a couple of additional data points here, Vinny. I think, um, related to the three AC crash, DCG picked up a huge liability, like a $1.6 billion liability, right? From, from Genesis. And then there's another like five or $600 million facility. So some of these have already been moved up the stack into DCG. So it's really mm. fascinating what's Gemini happening. Gemini going to go out of business? No, I Gemini don't think so. Paused with, I think the combination of Gemini and DCG is probably going to have to go through like some kind of equity financing or restructuring or something. I don't think it'll go out Who's of business. Who's going to put money up into equity financing these things after well, you remember, what happened so, with so, so SBF on, and FTX? Well, on DCG, there's, um, oh, sorry, on, on Grayscale, which is owned by DCG, they have 640,000 Bitcoin, which today is roughly worth $10 billion. That's generating $200 million a year of fee income. That thing has a 2% fee on it. And so that thing is, that's real, right? That again, that's yeah. real. 600,000 there. Now. So that, yeah. that's, that's something that's real. They also own Coindesk and a bunch of other assets. And so, um, and hmm. the Genesis business is quite complex. Outside the lending business, they also have a prime brokerage and other things like Vinny knows it really well. And so what may happen is their lending business could go, uh, you know, to the side, but other businesses could remain. I think as a side note too, before we move on, because we have a, I know we have a clip we want to show you. We want to get your uh, impressions on this viral conversation and, and the future of the whole thing. But one other note on wh- not necessarily when it might be a scam, but when you might get yourself in trouble is mm. a thing that we've been talking about, like SBF using this chaff strategy where he his, all his answers are like unbelievably complex. And that's not the point. The point is, did you use customer deposits? But like this entire ecosystem, you know, I'm going to wager that a fair number of people listening to the show right now, listen to everything that Vinny said. And we're like, I get, I got about 12% of that. If it is too complicated for you to understand, don't put your money there. Like that is a way for you to get in trouble. And what these exchanges did in a lot of ways, what all the centralizing in this industry has done is make it more convenient. We love convenience. That's why we used to have an open internet. And then we got Google and Facebook and walled gardens. The convenience abstracts away the complexity, making you think that you can understand it, which is how Mm. you lose your money. 
Yep, we see it in mortgages, complex mortgages, uh, totally. and other complex devices. Really, really good advice. Or if the game is too complicated, you're okay. not obligated to put more than 1% of your money into it. If you're going to go play poker, you don't know if a flush or a straight is a better hand. Vinny's still figuring that out. Um, you can just do 1% of your net worth, and then we can all just pay our mortgages based on Vinny spewing at the Us table. Uh, ask Sunny who mm-hmm. owes who money in poker this year. Ooh. <laughs> oh, it's like that now. Here we go. All right. Like like Cue up, right. up the clip. Cue up the clip. This is a that. great okay. clip. I really want to ask you guys about this clip. This is amazing. So Michael, Michael Saylor, who uh, obviously a Bitcoin maximalist, he was on CNBC the other day saying crypto and uh, Bitcoin and crypto are in an unhealthy relationship and we want out. And now he's just taking his chance as the uncoupling begins to just come out swinging against everybody. Um, let's do this one minute, 40 second clip in which he basically says everything is a scam except for me. Ripple's an unregistered security. (laughs) It's pretty obvious. There's a company, the company owns a bunch of it. They sell it to the general public, but there's no, they never took the company public. There's no disclosures. So, uh, the SEC's position is you're selling an unregistered security. It's a, it's a, it's a crypto token, right? Just like Ethereum is an unregistered security. It's controlled by a few people in the Ethereum Foundation and Consensus. Fair. And just here's like a FTT, just like Solana. Perfect. But here's a follow-up. They're on that, all Michael. unregistered security. I think the best thing for the world would be with the, if the SEC pretty much shut down all of it. It's all unethical, right? I mean, the, the Bitcoin position would be Bitcoin is an ethical commodity. All of these other altcoins are unregistered securities. They're all just equity tokens issued by a company in order to get around going public and they're committing securities fraud. Ethereum included. Of course, especially Ethereum. You know, Ethereum's got $20 billion of ETH token locked up in the staking contract right now and there's a couple of people that may or may not give it back to you ever. Now, isn't that the definition of investment contract? If a bank took $20 billion of your assets, froze the the window and said, you can't have your money back ever. Maybe in the year 2024, we're not sure. We're just going to keep it. We may actually give you interest on it. We may take it all. We may slash it. That's the definition of a security, right? It's an investment of money in a common enterprise, you know, relying upon the efforts of others and expectation of profit. The whole point is, if you want a crypto asset to be a commodity, you can't rely upon four engineers, a company, a CEO. Especially Ethereum. Sunny. Yeah, I'm still uh, processing that. Like, I thought you were going to do that Rick Roll sale. Like, doesn't the, the other clip you've played a couple of times? So I was just I was ready for well, that Where he one. says, sell your home, sell your <laughs> this, sell your that. Yeah. The only logical thing to do is buy more Bitcoin. Hide Obviously, wife, he's super biased. He's put yeah. all of his chips on Bitcoin and he told the public, to sell their homes. I think he has a margin call or has multiple margin calls for micro strategies at certain Bitcoin prices, you know, going from like three to $20,000 where he has to cover. And I think he's actually had to cover with some cash, but he hasn't been liquidated. So what do you think? I mean, Ripple to me pretty clearly a security, but the Ethereum one Molly and I were talking about feels like, huh, could you make the case that Ethereum is a security, even though there's a foundation? You know, because um, there's a foundation and central control. What do you think this is yeah, all going to hash out? As? I'm still, I'm still processing what you said here because it sounded reasonable, <laughs> and so um, <laughs> this is what's so confusing. Like, how is he starting to sound like the normal uncle? <laughs> yeah, I felt yeah, the that, same that, way about that crypto and <laughs> and Bitcoin comment, where I was like, oh my god, that's kind of yeah, true. It, it does sort of make sense. Um, 
Mm-hmm. You, you know, like we've talked about this a couple of times, like that, you know, there's a, a, it was a Huey test or something, right? The Dewey test. Howie. Uh, Howie. Howie uh, test. Uh, yeah. Common enterprise. He basically, yeah. mm-hmm. he basically explains the Howie test there. Yeah. Yeah. I still think, and again, just reading the tea leaves is that probably Ethereum, Bitcoin end up, you know, sort of in the same category. And then what he puts, you know, the other ones, uh, like whether it's Solana or XRP or other things like that, probably end up in the securities category. That that's the way it, that's the way it seems like to me. If I if I were to kind of you know agree with his line of thinking, Vinny. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. I mean, um, I think when we try to do draw comparisons between companies and crypto, you know, protocols and and entities. It's very, it's it's very, it's it's not it's not very clear, right? Um, now you could argue Ripple was Ripple. I think is very different from Ethereum. I don't think it's the same thing. Uh, Ripple has shareholders. You could invest in Ripple. In, mm-hmm. Ethereum has no shareholders. There's no dual mm-hmm. dual structure there. So I, I I think I mean say look, Sailor's a Bitcoin maxi. He's going to slap everything together and say it's all it's all the same. And it's because it's serving his purpose of of being a maximalist on Bitcoin. So I don't think it's as simple as, as what he's trying to make it sound. I felt you know, like the way he described Ethereum to try to make it sound like a security, to me, sounded like it also described Bitcoin. I mean, and isn't yeah. there like a big chunk of Bitcoin held in the Satoshi account that if it were to be released, it would like mess up the economy? And isn't it also a common enterprise and people? And, you know, I was like, well, well, to me, I felt like listening to it again as somebody who's like, I understand. I think I'm up to like 62% of what you guys are saying most I can of the time actually now. I actually can explain this, I think. I'm going to take a shot. Okay. So just the Howey test. You're investing money, one, in a common enterprise, two, for profit, three, derived from the efforts of other. All of these projects share those things. Yeah. Now, here's the problem. In a company that's a corporate entity, Ripple is a corporation, as Vinny correctly points out, to, you know, share structure, they control it. There are shareholders, there's governance, it's clearly a security. There's no way for them out of that box. It's a security, they have them dead to rights. Now, there's two other structures, no structure, or a foundation, offshore foundation or structure. That's where Ethereum lives. Ethereum has a foundation. And then you go to Bitcoin, there's no Bitcoin foundation, there's no Bitcoin central governance, right? You can vote as a server correct me if i'm wrong and if a certain number of servers vote you can make changes to the code ethereum happens through the control of four or five developers uh, i believe they have a foundation the foundation holds those coins so now the argument is when is it a security no control which makes it a commodity which is the brilliance of bitcoin so yes there's a wallet somewhere that's never been touched but there's no corporate entity molly this thing which is put out into mm-hmm. the world there's nobody to subpoena there's no board of directors. But then when you get to the foundation people and the corporation people, each step along the way, it gets easier to hold somebody accountable. And there's somebody who profits from it. Here's no. the rub. And I'll, I'll okay. end on this one. And then you have it. Vin. A lot of the companies who are corporations created parallel foundations, because they felt like the foundation argument was the strongest. I heard this from attorneys, you create a foundation, you put it in Panama, put it in Bahamas, put it in BVI, put it in Singapore, put it in the Zerg, your foundation will protect you. And the foundation owns the coin and the foundation does stuff with the coins. Now you as the founder, 
since you have the early uh, line on this, can buy a billion tokens for 10 bucks. And then there's a public offering. So essentially, they architected a lawyer law firms architected this what I'll call shady and or clever, depending on the interpretation, it could just be clever, or it could be shady, or it could be uh, trying to get around securities law, that'll be up to a jury and a judge to figure that out. But that dual structure is where I think you're going to have a problem. I don't think I don't believe there's a ripple foundation. Ripple came before all this foundation concept. And so if somebody creates a foundation, it's a nonprofit. Do they get some level of protection? I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know how a trial and a, you know, a judge and a jury, if it goes to a jury trial, is going to, you know, call balls and strikes or Vinny. So, so, so I want to, I want to at least make the point that not all cryptos, even if there is a company behind it, means that it is a security, right? So it, it depends on like, the, the, it, it, this is not a simple answer. Let's just make that point first. The next thing I, I will ask you, like US security laws apply to Americans. And and how, and how securities holds Americans and and so basically the laws are being built the global laws are crypto is a global state right like it's a global um, movement the U.S. laws dictate around basically dictate how crypto is sold to Americans why is that Jason because Americans have protections because of what happened in the nineteen early part of the nineteenth century or twentieth century in the nineteen 19- 10 and 20s when people sold grandma's gold mines and they were scams and then securities laws came out after the great depression in 1929 to protect people so, so, so saying, why do those laws apply globally to uh, well they the should concept apply of crypto? to americans they, they don't need to apply to people in Zer- in the zerg or into in the philippines of course not but it, it does apply to americans if they're profiting from it so what happens then is that people start and this happened we saw this over the past couple of years People start doing really cool projects and they start selling tokens and Americans can't participate in it. And like, if yeah. I want to go buy tokens in some foreign uh, project, which I think is amazing, and I'm a sophisticated investor and they say, well, you're American, we won't sell to you. What is the American government doing for me then? Because they're not helping me recover those. Like, you know, I, it's my money, right? So I have, I have like my, my cash. I can put it wherever I want. I can go to the casino and drop it on black or red or one of 36 numbers on a roulette table and they don't stop me. Why are they stopping me from? So here's here's the solution. I'll give. I'll cut to the chase. Crypto investing and buying tokens, whether they're securities or not, should be an opt in for the individual. Something simple. You file with the SEC. You go. Uh, you you file some paper, form one A B C whatever, and say I will not hold governments, whatever else, libel courts, whatever. I'll not chase after this money. I believe that I have the ability to make these investments myself, and I'll take the losses myself. And move on because, like, it's it's the same as as the accredited investor laws, which is you know, Jason, it's the stupidest laws ever. That people like you can you, just because you don't have a lot of money, they're yeah, You can't inv- so the same principle should apply. Instead of having to get a license or something, I just do an opt out form and say so I, I I just you know I accept that this is high risk. I accept that I can get scammed, and I do it of my own volition, and I'm done. That's one solution, a waiver. And another solution is to allow people to have an education and get a license, just like they, some places have a gun license, a driver's license, a truck but license, I, or I, a haircutting I, license. That's all the time we have for today, Vinny. Yeah. I understand you believe people should be able to do what they want with their money. Gamble yeah. it on crypto. But look Knicks, what just happened. The Jets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. and you know what? All Buyer right. beware. You want it to Sunny, play a game? Sunny, play I want to silly give you, games, win silly prizes. Let's give you the like the last word here and then we'll let Vinny catch Sunny, the slate. Yeah. 
Sonny, yeah, I, be like the voice I, of reason. No, I, like I, again, like I, I do think we have to allow more people to play in the ecosystem, but the, you know, the rules need to be defined. Like what we're seeing here, what we spend a lot of time talking about, just the transparency doesn't exist. And honestly, the technology was meant to be about transparency. And that's where I thought Vinny was going to go. And, and it's not being used in that kind of way. And, and I think maybe, maybe the new rules that get established go to transparency. Love it. Boom. You nailed the <laughs> uh, target. I think we can, so well said, Sonny. We can all agree with Jeremy Brown, one of our noties. Vinny and Sonny are gods walking among <laughs> men. Thanks for another women. crypto roundtable. I think just women. take that one and run with it. <laughs> take the all W. Right, gods. Thanks, Jeremy. Right, gods. <laughs> right. Thanks cool. for your time with us mortals today. Uh, you, right. but, yeah, men and women, by the way. We, it should Humanity. Be men Humanity. Women. Amongst humans. <laughs> Humanity. I don't get all worked up about that. I'll take the generalization. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, guys. guys. All right, everybody, stay tuned tomorrow. We got our boy, Lon Harris. We're going to talk about all the streaming news going on out there. And of course, it's Friday. It's OK Boomer with Rachel reporting. It's going to be a great show. Can't wait to see you tomorrow. Don't forget, rate and subscribe. Wait, if you got to this point in the show, you've rated and subscribed already. Just tell your friends about the show.